Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. How about that, huh? It's definitely one of the voices we're hearing in heaven. <laughs> we're, we're like silly blessed around here. God is, every week, God's bringing the finest people, legends, Lansing's finest, everybody out here. There's no place I'd rather be, no team I'd rather be on than this team. I believe that. Everything in my heart says, I wouldn't trade anybody here. There'd be more people we want to add to the team. But God's doing such a good thing in each one of us, and each role is vital each bag one of us carries, each prayer we pray, we're all together and connected. I was at Starbucks this week, and this dude walks in, and he's got a Team Jesus shirt on. And he walks in like this, Team Jesus. He wasn't really smiling, but I was like, it's exciting to know what team he's on. I don't even know where you get these shirts. Team Jesus. And I was loving it. I was like, you know what? That's cool, Team Jesus. Team Jesus. Some of us, we say, okay, maybe I won't wear the shirt, but I'm on Team Jesus. Okay, Team Jesus, we're here. How do we get on Team Jesus? Well, remember that our lives we can't make right. We are dead in sin apart from Jesus coming in, making us born again, and that anyone believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he will save them, make them brand new, and then we're on Team Jesus. We are chosen sons and daughters, royal priesthoods, bought with a high price. We are priceless, the richest people on planet earth. Believers, followers of Jesus, team Jesus. But this thing about team Jesus, especially in the theme of sports camp, to be on a team, you can't do any of this alone. For some of us that have played sports, we're familiar that a team is only as strong as the weakest link and that there is no soldier left behind, so to speak. And and life beats us up so much, we're like, okay, I just don't want to, I'll, I'll maybe be on Team Jesus, but I'm going to be on solo Team Jesus. I'm going to play tennis. And then it gets so deep. I'm actually sick of even playing people in tennis. I'm just going to get tennis lessons. And then I'll, I, I, I'm done even doing that. I'm going to then get, you know, the wall that you just kind of hit and play tennis with yourself. I wonder how many of us, though, we, we really believe we're in the game. We just got our racket, we got the ball, and we're like, Team Jesus, Team Jesus. Well, here's what Team Jesus looks like. John 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you. When we hear commandment, do you think of your angry boss, angry parent, or angry teacher? Because sometimes when I say, I got a command, oh, is that a rule book? Is this HR office? It's very important that we remember when God gives commands, we need to stand attention, alert, yes, sir, and listen, because he's a good dad. So how we even hear this is really important. So when Jesus has given us a new commandment, that you love one another. The Jewish audience, when they would have heard that, they're like, oh, of course, love one another, love our neighbor as myself. So what is Jesus going to say that's new? He says, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people, Lansing, Ingham, 
Michigan, the nation, the world, all people will know that you are my disciples. Team, Jesus, if you have love for one another with your teammates. Christianity is not tennis. It'd be more equivalent to potentially football or insert any team sport. And now sport isn't even the healthiest illustration because we're a family. We can also be a hospital. We're a body. We're alive. We're active. And how many people are happy that our ears are working right now? And for some that can't hear, that's a challenge they face. Some that can't see. Some parts of our body, we're all connected, and that's where we empathize and we enter into each other's suffering because the suffering allows us to point to the glory that one day will be revealed in Christ as he returns. So there's a tension. That's the point today, friends, is we're ending this growing uh, series and we're entering into Love the City Week. The message is the pains of growing gains. You know, when people work out, how's your gains? How's your gains? How's your gains? Someone's like, I don't even know because I don't work out. <laughs> it's okay. No shame, no condemnation. But I think we all would admit we want some gains in our spiritual growth. That's why we're here on Sunday. We want some growth spiritually. Newsflash, it will come with pain. So there's the pain of growing gains. We want to be a team. Have you ever heard the acronym? Together, everyone achieves more. The last two are easier. I want to achieve more. I'm not sure I want to do it with everyone and definitely am done doing it together. And if we're going to do it together, we're going to do it on my terms, right? Our friendships. If we're, if we're honest, I, I would dare venture that some of our friendships look like this. All right, here's what a friend looks like to me. Slide contract over. Here's what I need you to be, to be a good friend. If we want someone to be a good friend, we be a good friend. There's moments in my life where I get the relationship thing twisted, where I want you to be God. Specifically in marriage, there's many times where I want Crystal to be my source of life. Crystal, I need an encouragement today. Crystal, I want attention today. Crystal, can you uh, get everything ready? Crystal, can, Crystal, Crystal, no, wait, 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 wait. No relationship is to substitute God, only compliment. And I wonder, dear venture, that we're looking at a lot of our relationships, the one another, and the reason we're done loving is because we've substituted what our example or what our standard is instead of looking at all of our relationships as a gift from God that God is using, not God. And I know that we've been hurt and I know we're done with the team and we've been, man, God bless you. That was good. That was a good one. We've been hurt. There's a statement uh, I listened to a conference I was at, KB, he's a big Christian rapper and he, they were all on a panel and they're sitting in their chairs and he, he said a crazy statement. He goes, yeah, everything I need is in my local church. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah. And his church isn't thousands, it's hundreds of people. And I thought, wait, what? He goes, yeah, I can, I can get business advice. I can uh, get relationship. I can uh, love each other, uh, forgive. All of, all, all, everything I need to be a complete Christian, I got, if I bloom in the garden where I'm planted, on the team I'm in. And of course he was saying, not, not, a, not a building, he was saying the people I'm committed to, the family I'm in. How weird would it be if, if constantly I'm talking about someone else's family instead of the family I got? How weird would it be if we're always talking about another job we don't have or another 
situation we wish we were in instead of being content with what we have. How do we do that? Love. Why would we even want to play ball still? Love. Why would we want to be on a team? Love. It has to be love. And, and, and for the love of the game is why we play. It's why we endure. It's for the people. What does our culture tell us about pain? Because to love one another, it's not optional. And if we're going to love one another, it's going to come with pain. Pain. What does culture tell you about pain? Pain is bad. Pain is bad. You're, you watch an ad on TV, and if you have these symptoms, take this drug. And they list the craziest of symptoms. If this week you felt sad for a second, you're like, I'm in. Oh, and then side effects. You might die. You might bleed forever. You might die. You might bleed forever. And the person's laughing at that point. They're like, yeah. Because if the enemy can sedate and medicate us, then the father can't do his best work in getting the growth that God longs for in his church. In his church, in his people. It's a process. It hurts. It's hard. It's difficult. Now, when I'm describing pain, I think it's really important to know. I am not saying an injury or abuse, things that need serious attention. When there's a broken leg, we got to deal with it. Triage situation, some emotional hurt, a relationship that we're in, some type of addiction. We need to be super, super sensitive. Oh, come on. In fact, I was wrestling delivering this message because I'm thinking, dude, it's the party day. It's a family party. I'm going to talk about pain. Can I talk about the parade? I thought, no, that's the contrast. Too often, we're just talking about the parade and we're never talking about the pain to get there. There's a video with Michael Phelps. Eight-time Olympian, or I mean, for one of the times, he's got way more than that, but one particular Olympics, eight, eight gold medals. And, and he watched this Under Armour commercial with his fiance at the time, and it shows him working by himself, all this work, all this time, and he starts crying watching the commercial. And he goes, thank you for showing the behind-the-scenes pain that no one ever gets to see. They only get to see the medals and the trophies. And that video has spoke to me so deeply. Because when rubber meets the road, church service is cool, but when we're struggling on Tuesday, the enemy lies to us on Thursday, tells us we're not worth it. Who cares? They let you down again. Quit loving people. I'm here to say today, keep loving people. One of the things we say behind the scenes is we never lose investing in people. Why do we say that? Because sometimes when we invest in people, it feels like we're losing. We either win or we learn. We're investing all the time, all the time. The team, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me. So in other words, the apostle Paul's writing, there's some pain going on in my life. The pain to grow. Well, it would only be obvious then that a good father would come and eliminate the pain. But all the parents know in the room, sometimes it's not good to give your kids what they want. It's good to give your kids what they A messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. That humility is built into the equation. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. Verse 9. But he said to me, this is God's response. 
My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weaknesses. Weakness. What? Your power is made perfect in weakness? Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Think of our culture interviewing the losing team. Hey, I just want to, first off, before we ask you any questions, I want to compliment you on showing us what defeat looks like. You are a winner tonight because of your weaknesses were displayed. How can you tell us about your weaknesses and why losing was winning? Even, you even found foreign. You thought, I don't even know what he said. You know why we didn't know what he said? We celebrate winning in a mirage. Mirage, winning, trophies, promotion, money. Winning sometimes looks like losing. Looks like character. Looks like pain. Looks like when it's so tough, we say, keep going. Keep going. And here's why. Then look, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses. You know what content means? Focusing on what I have. What if we focused on all oh, my weaknesses that I have? It sounds crazy, but here's the contrast. Then we understand the insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God puts weakness in the plan for our good. We're, our destination is not the weakness, but in our weakness, we then find that God wants to then display his power. Where I'm insecure, now I'm secure in him. Where I feel like I can't talk, now he gets the credit for when I do. When I feel like I don't want to forgive, if I let the love of Christ flow through me and forgive. If I'm challenged where I don't want to reach out and keep loving because the relationship stung, that I can still be on the team. If I don't feel like I was noticed or my work was seen, I'm still going to celebrate with the father when the prodigal comes back home. This is tough. This is tough because the harder we work, the longer we live, the more we want to take our ball home and be like, I am straight done with this thing. I'm done. The man keeps advancing. We keep being held down. I was reading today about some stats of what the UFC fighters, or it was this week, UFC fighters make. They make like a hundred grand or something. I mean, that's more than a lot of us, but let's be honest. Man, baseball players make a boatload. And then I found out, you know, I'm thinking, the UFC owners, didn't they sell that for like four billion? Didn't one of the owners make it 500 million? I'm like, man, they just got people fighting out here for a hundred G's? I'm like, dang, because our heart, our life longs for when heaven comes and collides earth. Because every time heaven comes and collides earth, there's equality, there's justice, there's love, there's redistribution. And I'm telling you, our heart should scream for the return of the Lord because there is injustices everywhere, racially, economically, gender. Pain is built into the process. God will use those weaknesses, though. He'll use those in ways that the world can't because the world tells us you need a promotion and eliminate and skip the pain. But the Father loves us so much. There's three things that I think uh, really confront our Christianity. If we want to get confronted, okay, we can have kumbaya by ourselves. Is this okay? I'm sorry. Like, don't mistake my passion, okay, for an excuse to not listen today. Because I would say that this is a message that I think we need in our culture more than any message I've maybe shared this year. There is a time when we sit with the Father and he's so patient. But you know how many times we blame situations and we say, that was the devil? That's the devil? No, that's called an alarm clock. That's the devil? No, you don't have water. That's the devil. You, you, we haven't slept. That's the devil? No, that's your child. It's tough. 
That's the devil. You're married. We got to have good coaches. And if we're not careful, here's what happens. There's sons and daughters that are out here getting advice and we're, get, we're giving people advice. We're letting people co-sign on someone else's kids when they're not their parents. The cousin talks differently. The uncles talk differently and friends do. They'll be like, oh yeah, look at what I'm going through. Look at this pain. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. And instead, of, maybe the healthier question would be, why are you supposed to lean in? What'd your dad say? What'd your leader say? What'd your spiritual advisor say? Oh, I can't go to them with this one. Nah, nah, it might be tough. It might be what you need. You know, and so this is just a good reality. Like, come on, it ain't easy. That's the point. Number one, when our circumstances are tough, it won't be easy. We can't control our circumstances. There's a, a motivational speaker that goes around to military and teams and teaches this equation. Event plus response equals outcome. Outcome internally, I think. Now, this equation is not the gospel, but it, it's helpful. We can't control our events. Somebody? We can't control our events, can we? But we can, by God's grace, control our response. And that can then change the outcome of what we look like. Number two would be people. People. People are painful. It's painful when we are with people. But there's only one person we can control, and that's that one person in the mirror. Hey. My kids said I got a gray hair in my beard. And then in the mirror, you start looking. Because you know your imperfections, don't you? You know your aging. Here's what's so neat. We are Benjamin Button for Jesus Christ. Because as we age with the Lord, we're like fine wine. We just have more power, more fruit of the Spirit. It's true. More power, more fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things, there is no law. How is this displayed? When our rubber meets the road with people, the fruit of the Spirit is displayed with people and circumstances. And then lastly, number three, one of the pains we'll, we'll face for growing gains is when we disagree with God. With all, with all humility. But, as, but also all clarity. When we read our Bible, and if we read our Bible, we will disagree with God at some point. And then in that moment, if we find ourselves arguing, the Father allows us to ask questions. He's so neat. Throughout Psalms, there's lamenting, there's questions, there's even blaming at times. But we're always left with a response. Your ways are higher. Your thoughts are higher. Your steadfast love is what this is all about. To your name be glory in forever and forevermore. Your kingdom come. I worship you. When we have a face-to-face -face negotiation time, when we sit, we realize we're not negotiating with people anymore. We're negotiating and disagreeing and arguing with God. So how do we argue with God? We look in his word, but then how do we understand his word? We got to read his word and understand it's all coupled with love, 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 love. So we want God to win. Hebrews 12, I want to read this. And we're going to land the plane. And we're going to party, eat some food and all that cool stuff. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. What this means is we're in the game, loving people. And everybody's watching from heaven. They're like, whoa, look at them. And you read the chapter before this. There's all kinds of heroic examples of people in the faith. Moses, David, Abraham, 
And it says that they long for the day that you and me are in, when we get to be in Jesus. They wanted to see us dunk from the free throw line, like, boom, NBA jam. They're on fire. They won't stop forgiving people. They won't stop loving people. Man, they're so crazy. They keep telling people that they can be saved. They keep telling people that they can belong. They keep telling people there's a better way that God made people. Look at them. They have the answer, Jesus. So cool. We got people in the the stands. And so here then, therefore, since we have such as great cloud of witnesses, we lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Oh, sin tries to cling closely. As Christians, we can know when we're sinning. When our heart starts beating, when you know you start talking to somebody that you felt like had a good week in holiness, you're like, oh, dang. Yeah, 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 yeah. Instead of just coming out and be like, yeah, dude, I'm struggling with this. Like, here's my man. That'd be sweet. I know. Somebody heard us last time. But when we confess our sins to one another, we are healed. Oh, it's good. It's good. It hurts so good, but we got to let it go. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Why would we need endurance? Because it's hard. Looking to who? 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 We got to look a little higher. Because when we look to Jesus, we recognize he's the founder and perfecter of this team, this faith, who for the joy, you know that song? I got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I got the joy, joy down in my heart. Down in my heart too. Stay. And we sing that. We're like, yay, yay, to stay. I got the joy. What kind of joy did Jesus have? Look at this one. That was set before him. He endured the cross. We're lying to each other. It's not going to be easy. And here's what we say. Well, because Jesus endured the cross, I don't have to. You know what he said? We have to pick up our cross daily. Come on. We got to. These are the pains of growing gains. When we start encouraging each other, we then recognize that we need it and there's nothing wrong. Pain is part of the process. Again, injuries are different, different message, okay? Someone's here and they're injured. Like, he told me to keep getting beat by, you know, my boyfriend. No, no, absolutely not. You know, that might be the moment, like, you pick up the phone. (laughs) Like, for real. He despised the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is in the victory position. And then check this. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted in your struggle against sin. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. Verse six. The next verse. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Love others as he has loved us to love one another, we then got to remember who's the founder of our team 
and he's disciplining us, and I believe he's using the example of one another. And when we're challenged relationally, I would encourage us today, that might be a great opportunity to lean in and learn more about the Father. Learn more about God's qualities. You've heard the thing where you pray for patience, and next thing you know, you're stuck at a light with a train. This lady kept saying, sorry, I was in line, and uh, her card wasn't working. She kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know? And I was like, and it was not our situation. And uh, there was another situation, but it was this, this lady, and it was at Aldi's, um, no, it, Walmart, sorry, Walmart. And uh, not like it matters, but, and she says, uh, she was like so embarrassed because she had all the groceries. And I said, no, no, no. I know the Lord's wrecking me right now. It's all good. Because <laughs> I was totally aggravated. But I was like, this is a great time to show patience. And it wasn't her fault. It was the father doing it. I believe it. And the next person's like, hey, we can take this line. I'm like, no, I'm staying right here. Getting this junk out of my heart. Trying to go too fast. And there's this new thing. People are like, so busy. You're so busy. And I, it's kind of mini compliment and mini like, I know you got to go. Eh, like, hopefully I'm effective and hopefully I'm being responsible. I heard a preacher say this week, he goes, when you say I'm busy, does that mean I'm not present? Because I'm right here right now. But what that might mean is I, I, I might not be able to just chill forever, but I'm responsible. I want to be effective. And when we feel too busy, maybe that's a great opportunity to just be present, wait in line, be like, I'm present. I'm present here right now. I'm going to wait. I'm going to endure a little bit. That's a funny illustration just to say that the pain is okay. The pain is okay because the pain is training us. The pains of growing gains. We want growth. The pain is part of the process. So how would we do this? Our why is Jesus. And this last slide helps us. First John, First John uh, 4 gets us where we got to go. This is where we land. We love because he first loved us. How do we love one another? We remember Jesus first loved us. He first loved loved us. He first loved us. You know why some of our life is so challenging? Because we try to go love before we first spend time with letting the one who loved us first before we go. It always starts with Jesus, relationship with Jesus, and he gives us perspective. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy if I start the day correcting my kids before I worship. Now, worship can be in any of your way, but for me, it's put on a song, read the Bible. But if the kids get me and they start talking and fighting and get in the car, man, I'm not sparing no rod. With my words, whatever, I'm like, listen. But if I spend some time with Jesus, I'm, cali- I'm, I'm calibrated. I can deal with the pain. You feeling a little weary today? Maybe it's just a good old-fashioned just slurp from heaven. It's a slurpy, good slurpy from the Father loves you. And here's what it says in Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. Get the worship team to come up here. That'd be great. And Romans 8, 31, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? When we say these uh, Christian cliches, if God is for us, who can be against us? Hopefully we give enough room. That also implies that we're going through some stuff. I think people need to know that we're battling too. But it's the, there's another in the fire standing right next to me. Tina, I, I didn't hear your intro. Did you share how that song was wrote? 
So, you know, it's interesting about that song, some of these worship songs we sing. It's, it's, it's neat to hear the context, but the, the person who wrote it, him and his wife, had been praying for a child, and they get a child, and they, their, their child was diagnosed autistic. And they were mad at first, like, God, why, why, what, what happened? And you might relate that. You get a report that just doesn't go the way you want. And there's pain. God, why? why? And uh, the essence is, my grace is sufficient. And just worship. And that's where they wrote the song, that there's another in the fire. Changes the perspective for the song. Because it seemed like a good lyric before that. Whoa, yeah, another in the fire. Meshach, Shadrach, but whoa, yeah. You know, holding back the seat. Whoa, that's Moses. No, no, no. That was them singing through their pain. That's us today. Where's the pain? Bring it. The Father can deal with it. Where's the pain? Where's the pain? Bring it. The Father can deal with it. Where's the struggle? Bring it. The Father can deal with it. So know in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present or to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. How do we love one another? Jesus. 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 Loving God and loving people is not optional. It's normative. They're connected. And it's a beautiful thing. But it always flows from abiding. It always flows. If you're here today and you're like, man, I've been struggling loving someone. And, and man, I just need a good dose of that. Would you raise your hand? Just a good dose of healing today, maybe in this area. God, you see these hands. I ask that you will meet each person where they're at. God, I pray for a new, fresh perspective that we won't give up on people we won't give up on the band. It's worth it. We won't give up on each other. We won't give up when it's difficult. We'll love so hard that it hurts. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep growing. We won't grow weary. That today is a new fresh day and freedom because there is another one in the fire for me all the time. And his name is Jesus. Amen. Let's worship. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.